0: We are back at Ken XR. I'm Justine Harcourt-Duville, and today I am with Kane Lee. Thank you so much for visiting us.
1: Thank you. I'm really excited to be here.
0: <laughs> and Kane, you are from Baobab, and you are the chief creative, well, chief content content officer. It's a
1: new CCO. Uh, yeah, no. So I had our content efforts, and uh, I work both on the creative and business side. So on the creative side, I work with our. Uh, Chief Creative Officer Eric Darnell, and on um, and all of his efforts, and and with our team, and then on the business side of content strategy, um, I work with Maureen Fan and, and the amazing um, uh, business team she's assembled as well.
0: So what does that day look like for you? When you come into the office, do you walk in with your coffee already, you know, or or tea or water? I don't know what your drink, a Red Bull, what your drink of choice is.
1: Um, So my day is different every day. Um, It's... uh, I probably travel the most out of anyone in the studio, so I'm oftentimes in different time zones, and uh, depending on my day, it could start super early if, I'm, uh, if I have calls with Europe in the morning, um, and it can end super late if I have calls with Asia in the morning as well, uh, which is late in, uh, in terms of California time. Um, but uh, my day is um, packed with meetings, phone calls, and also me just trying to figure out uh, how to have time for myself so that I can work on things that need concentration.
0: Isn't focus a difficult part of working in this industry, of being able to have just the time to think and imagine? Where do you do your best imagining? Uh,
1: I do my best imagining when I'm not focused. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually uh, when I'm on an airplane or in the shower or, you know, not, uh, you know, th- there's that sort of space where your mind gets to defocus and you come up with ideas.
0: So downtime for you works.
1: Absolutely. Um, other, you know, and, and I, I do try to, um, you know, give myself a day a week where that's supposed to be the focus to defocus. Um, but usually my schedule is a little bit unpredictable and, and, you know, it, it, it kind of comes with the territory. Um, but I also think that this industry, you know, working across a lot of different disciplines um, and kind of the role I have, which, you know, straddles both uh, the left brain and the right brain, um, tends to attract people like myself who are on the go and and uh, doing a lot of things at once and, and then coming up with ideas in their downtime.
0: Type A's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Basically, it's the type A's. Okay. And so what is like, in, in figuring out content for a studio like yours, what is the biggest obstacle you face when you're having meetings and you're having, uh, you know, telephone calls and you're trying to meet with people and get things done? What is the biggest challenge you face daily?
1: Um, I, I, it's not... W- w- actually, the 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 amount of ideas and proposals and pitches we get um, is not a problem. We, 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 okay. we have a lot of incoming. Um, I think... Um, just sort of developing the nose to, to follow the leads that are really promising. Um, not just in terms of what is best creatively, but also what's, uh, you know, what makes uh, sense to fit our studio's objectives, uh, which, um, because we are a lean and mean startup, um, can change from season to season. Um, so, you know, we, I, I think one of the advantages of being a startup versus a big, you know, uh, tech giant or Hollywood studio is that, um, is that we can um, quickly shift our strategy um, as we learn things. We, we might go to a film festival like Tribeca with Bonfire and see a response that we couldn't have predicted, even if we did a lot of user testing. And that can inform our decision for our next project. So so um,
0: agile is a, is a key... It is a characteristic. It's
1: a key characteristic, and it's something that I love about what we do.
0: Well, that's interesting. And so, when you, how many proposals do you get? Let's say a month.
1: Dozens, dozens. <laughs> um, so- and do they
0: come in all forms? And and are people are people doing a lot of? just throwing it out there because you're a studio and they want to appeal to you and they're in VR and they're not thinking about being the best fit or are you getting a lot of projects that could be a good fit that you really still have to filter through?
1: You know, I, th- I think as uh, you know, so we've, we've been around for three plus years. We're almost on our fourth year. Um,
0: and like one project a year, a major project.
1: We, project yeah, a I, or I, something. yeah. A project and a half to two projects a year. Um, I think um, we've, it's it's been getting filtered much more through word of mouth, through okay. people we know, through people introducing people, uh to myself or or partners on our team. Um I think that goes a long way in terms of just sort of setting oneself um from the crowd. Um but I, I mean I look at everything that, that comes in. It's it's um uh it comes in all forms. I mean people are resourceful, they figure out how to <laughs> send us stuff. Um and uh, you know, but I, I think the ones that are more successful in terms of uh, you know being things that really catch our eye are our are, are, are people and creatives uh, who really pay attention to what we're doing and what our mission is so and, okay. and so the kind really... of storytelling we want to we want to make you know so sometimes I'll get stuff and I'll be like why would you want to do this with us it's 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 not it's not like
0: cast too wide a net yeah Exactly. Okay, so that's well. I think that's good advice because if people want to be seen, it's good to look at and try and align with who you're sending it to. Exactly,
1: exactly. And, 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 and doing your homework and understanding what the underlying vision is, not just to create great VR content, but what type of VR content do we want to create? Um, and how do we want to push the boundaries of storytelling each time? And what might we be looking for next? Because we're not going to want to make the next invasion or the next asteroids or the next crow the legend we're going to be wanting to keep pushing the boundaries of what we do with each new project
0: well let's talk about some of those projects that you've made and you're here in con um, xr specifically with bonfire do you want to talk about that for a little bit
1: absolutely i'm i'm, I'm so exci- we're so excited to be here with bonfire um this is a project we did um for our studio very quickly probably under six months um and it was really uh our attempt to um, make the user inside um, uh, a VR headset that could could work across all headsets from mobile from mobile VR all the way to the highest end headsets be the main character in an interactive story where um, the main character has the ability to interact um, throughout the entire experience. Um, so it's not like there are moments where you can um, interact and then. You no longer have the ability to interact. You have that complete freedom throughout the entire experience. So, uh, in order to do that in storytelling, uh, VR storytelling um, was a huge challenge and not something we probably could have done with any of our previous projects. Um, So, uh, if if you've seen our first piece, Invasion, you're in the you're in the body of the bunny rabbit, and you're sort of the sidekick to Chloe who. Is a hero for the day. Uh, that was before uh, controllers came out. And then in Asteroids, we made you um, a robot sidekick on the spaceship, and you could help the main characters on their journey, and you could even possibly save one's life. Um, but you were, you know, you were like um, uh, uh, Sam in Lord of the Rings. You were, you were with the heroes on their journey. In Crow the Legend, um, we experimented with making you the spirit of the seasons, and. Um, Uh, Besides our goal of really pushing the boundaries of uh, of visuals in real-time graphics um, and creating like a storybook look uh, inside of VR, we also um, uh, explored uh, interactivity as narrative as making it very intuitive as possible. So uh, people
0: are moving up the food chain in, in terms of their role. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and their, their experience.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so in Bonfire, we felt empowered to try and see, can we tell one of these stories where you're actually the main character? We did an experience in uh, immersive VR um, uh, live animated uh, play at Tribeca last year called Jack, which was amazing. It taught us a lot. Um, and you were actually the main character in it, but we had live actors, uh, you know, who are in mocap, um, who, who are, uh, dressed in mocap and, um, uh, and, uh, their faces were rigged and, and everything. And, but they could respond to you in real time. So that was very telling to us in terms of seeing, um, how we could make you a main character using live actors. So in Bonfire, the way we were able to do it, uh, was to really push the boundaries of how our characters respond to you and how they can encourage you to, to, uh, be a part of the story and be the main character and be the hero. Um, and, you know, and, you know, dipping our toes into, uh, areas like artificial intelligence, uh, procedural animation, uh, techniques that, um, you know, that we've learned along the way, um, to make, uh, you at the center of the narrative
0: so that 's interesting. The technology went up the food chain too in mm-hmm. a way to help facilitate that the user takes a more starring role. Am I getting that right
1: absolutely yes so so yeah it's uh, bonfire is. Uh, very different from the previous experiences, because you know y- you are the main character, and uh debbie, this uh robot is your sidekick played by ali Wong uh, and <laughs> How you know, can that not be fun i mean who who else would you want to be stuck you know three billion light years away from earth as you 're looking for a new, new a new home so uh, is she
0: pregnant in the <laughs> She's not pregnant <laughs> as
1: uh, his but but, as Ali says, her character's a little bit judgy uh, <laughs> but 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 as you she know, s- be. so she keeps yeah, so she keeps you on your mission you know and 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 uh, you know, sh- she's stern, but she's funny, and uh you know she she has a healthy dose of skepticism about uh this planet that you've landed on because it's full of all these weird creatures, um <laughs> you know, but ultimately, like your decisions might affect her decisions, uh, about what to do and how to feel, uh, in the experience.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Uh That's a, that's an interesting way. Now I noticed, you know, we have Ali Wong, but John Legend, we have a lot of, you know, famous people, shall we say that are, that are part of these productions that you're doing or these projects that you're doing. What's the, the strategy behind that?
1: Well, you know, creative comes first. So Crow the Legend was about the most beautiful bird in the forest with the most beautiful voice. I mean that's well, John that's John Legend. Is... You know, the the one who creates everything by thinking and crow the legend, uh, you know, is is the most you know, is is the great creator, is, is the most powerful being. She's the only one who can see you in the experience besides the narrator. Um so that's Oprah. Uh, <laughs> um, she sees <laughs> us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, we we um you know when we spoke with her at our record, she she was she was hilarious. She was like, I am the one who creates everything by thinking, but so are you, you know? (laughs) Um, uh, So I I think creative comes first, but we shoot for the moon in our experiences in terms of who we get to cast. Um, I think it's important for VR. I think it's, uh, I think it's a great um, proposition and we feel emboldened to go to people um, that, um, you know, would be more difficult to get in film because they want to be, you know, on the cutting edge. And, um, and and they believe in the certain projects. Uh, so with Crow the Legend, it's the first... Um, our Native American partners on the project uh, are very proud to say it's the first indigenous worldview that's incorporated into a broadly distributed animated piece. That's uh, we so created, cool. We created both a 2D version of it, like a traditional movie, uh-huh. and a, v, a fully interactive VR piece. Um, that uh, and, and creating the 2D version was really uh, out of our hope to bring VR to the mainstream and, and, and for it to be broadly distributed, uh, we, we released it on YouTube and, uh, you know, it was like top 10 worldwide trending. We were completely floored by that. Um, and then a lot of people watching it were heard about the VR. And so, you know, it was, it was this very sort of like, uh, complimentary sort of process. And the other thing that was really cool about doing it that way was that, um when you 're making a film a traditional film and you 're making an interactive VR where you 're a character inside the VR but in the film you 're not <laughs> that 's difficult because you 're not creating the same thing but you kind of are so um so you're te- they're you're, parallel
0: pieces but they 're yeah, different they 're really on different tracks
1: it 's like writing a novel and writing and 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 directing the film of the film um, adaptation that, that of the novel at the same time. <laughs> tell me, tell brain. me about it. Tell me about it. I would be, I would be giving notes and I'd be like, you know, the pacing here works, but not in this, you know, and, and, you oh, know, like, it would be, you know, or, ouch, that you know. hurts. <laughs> but it, it, it was great. And it was also something where, you know, we were invited to a lot of places to show it and people could, when they tr- saw the film and then they, they tried the VR, they could see, how each medium has its own strengths and, oh, and are super. different and how storytelling is different in each but equally vital so so so, that so they're was-
0: basically learning firsthand that they can have a completely different experience and to you know not to treat them like the same oh i saw it but you didn't experience it. yes yes that's that's yeah, so that- very valuable
1: it, it is, and you know, and I, you know, I think like you know, we were sort of when we started our company, VR was like the most hyped up thing in the world, and right now, you know, we're sort of in that cycle where uh, we're slowly um, building our way out of the trough, and it's growing at a really reasonable rate. But well, it's, there was, a, I yeah. think, uh,
0: Richard Brose said something like, "We're culling," you know, and uh-huh. and he he says the industry lost a lot of trolls, which is which is good. Yes, and it's kind of recalibrating. And getting new momentum, but the quality is coming out.
1: Uh, absolutely, and I don't.
0: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> no complaining here. Yay! Great no quality. complaints. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's exciting to go, you know, to the different festivals and conferences, or uh, to see like um, you know the the new quest launch coming up, and and just seeing the sheer quality of everything that's coming out. It's um, you know people aren't trying VR for the first time, and you know, throwing up. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> still sometimes I've heard a few bad stories, but like, you know, like... They're
0: rarer. I mean, they're much yeah. rarer. And in fact, I, I do think that it's so easy to come to a conference like are and just see project yeah. after project after project that's amazing. Yes. And all the headset manufacturers are here keen yes. to show you their cool stuff. Is there any headset manufacturer that you're particularly proud of this Oh yeah, we're, we're
1: partnered with HTC at, at Cannes. Um, we're very proud to be partnered with them they're actually uh, you know are, are an investor in our studio as well um, and uh, we're also excited to be partnered with Orange uh, we'll be we'll be throwing uh, featuring uh, Bonfire at their event tomorrow night Thursday um, and uh, CanXR in general it's, it's, it's been great we uh, world premiered chapter one of Crow the Legend last year here and we're excited to bring Bonfire uh, to in- international audiences for the first time at this festival it's it's uh, it's it's very exciting
0: well so okay Uh that's some good stuff happening right now what's happening in the future what do you (laughs) see what are you working on are you allowed to talk about anything
1: um so
0: you know any directions (laughs) any hints I,
1: i i think um i think our last two pieces crow the legend and bonfire uh signify both signify um you know major strides for our studio so i think they both indicate ways that we might move. I think Crow the Legend um, showed that we are, like, that we have the potential to be um, an overarching, immersive uh, animation studio. And by immersive, I mean uh, telling stories where you're a character and you matter. We've done that since day one. I think we're maybe one of the only... VR studios has done that for, for every project they have, where you're actually a character inside the story. Um, when we first did Invasion and we made put you in the body of a bunny rabbit, people actually discouraged us from doing so. They're like, "That doesn't work." And then Invasion became like top downloaded across all the platforms, and everyone wanted to be a bunny and to be well, with the bunny. Everyone wants
0: to be a bunny.
1: Who <laughs> <laughs> does not want to be That's a bunny? That's what we said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so we've been doing that since day one and we've been really leaning into that. So that, that is always going to be what we do. Um, but at the same time, I think, uh, Crow the Legend really was one of those magical projects where not only did we do it because it had this great meaning had social impact. Um, you know, we got to work with an amazing cast that we, Really believed in everyone was a minority or a woman and uh, <laughs> a, a leader in their own community um, and um, uh, but but it, it also showed us i mean we we even did an AR filter on Facebook they had this new feature uh, you know and we released it on January first this year and we got millions of downloads in that first week and it wasn 't even advertised as John legend, so it was it was just like it really spoke to us that like um, I mean so the second thing that we really leaned into with VR besides making you a character inside of it is just characters in general when we first started out everyone was talking about VR is introducing you to new worlds but we completely believe in that but we also really leaned into the fact of introducing you to new characters and, and, and creating stories that are based on characters that are memorable that you want to come back see again build a relationship with Um, so I think, um, that leads me to talking a little bit about Bonfire, um, which we've also created, uh, uh, AR filter for as well, but like just really trying to create these memorable characters who stay with you, who you leave the experience feeling like you have, you went through something with them and that you'd love to come back and, and, and hang out with them again and, and help them on their journeys. Um, so we're, we're going to continue to push into that, um, we, you know, like we we learned about a lot about artificial intelligence uh, in Bonfire, uh, in, in terms of uh, creating a structure for our story. So Ali Wong is, you know, obviously cut her teeth as a stand-up comedian and, and is now um, starring in movies and On doing Netflix. fancy stuff ne- like that. Netflix specials, <laughs> yeah. Um, but <clears throat> with Bonfire, we actually uh, structured it very differently than our previous experiences. Uh, we did something in comedy that's known as chunks and bits. So chunks are concepts, and bits are like the jokes within the concepts. Okay. And we would reorder the bits inside the chunks depending on the actions you decided to do. So everyone's experience is uniquely tailored based on their interactions. And I don't, I'm not talking just about branching narrative, but I'm talking about something we call branching emotions. So the characters remember what you do, and they will respond to you more emotionally if you do certain things that, you know, um, lift their positive emotions.
0: Um, Wow. So in a way that also does mirror like, um, a up comedian's build of a, of a set in a way. Absolutely. Because they
1: rely on the audience and the audience's response, uh, to figure out the timing of, of, you know, of. The adventure they're 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 embarking on on stage.
0: Well, that's nice because you're yeah. bringing in a, a field that I don't think we've had a whole lot of. I mean, we've had funny things in 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 VR, but I don't think we've looked at adding comedy as a as a complete medium into our um, projects. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, when we first did Invasion, I think Eric Darnell, um, you know, the writer director and our co founder was on a panel. And uh, I think someone next to him said something like, uh, you know, uh, comedy doesn't work in VR because it's all about timing and you can't control timing what? in VR. <laughs> and, uh, Throw and, down. And, and I, you know, I'm, I might be butchering this, but I, I distinctly remember him saying something like, well, hi, I'm Eric Darnell. I'm doing comedy in VR. <laughs> and, and so, you know, that's the other. that's the other thing, too, that drives us is like hearing all the can'ts or the nots or the things you can't do in VR because we don't know, you know, those drive us to like try to make those things happen. I actually was on, you know, even just even two years ago, I think I've been on talks and fireside chats and at festivals where I've been with people on stage. who adamantly say we don't put interactivity into our VR narratives because it's too distracting and you know there's, there's just no way to do it. <clears throat> and I know that um, it was a challenge in the early days when they first gave you controllers. How do you make this not feel like a game where it's all about getting to the next level or, or pausing and figuring out what button to press or what to do? Um, so I really encourage people to try out Bonfire because, you know, the the, the compliment that territory. I'm most excited about is that people are saying that um, not only are, you know, are the actions very intuitive, but like they don't they don't have to stop and think about what to do. It's it all comes very, very naturally. And yet there's still this overarching narrative. So. I I really do think it's possible.
0: Okay, so the message today is we all should see bonfire (laughs) and continue to see what progression path that you're on. It sounds like you're going to continue to try new things. And thanks so much, Kane, for being here this this morning. And I I wish you a really pleasant Connex Art.
1: Yeah, enjoy the festival as well. All right, thank you. Take
0: care.